over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Woo! Your head swimming with uh, roofing education after that last hour? You're only going to get that level of education and those secret questions to ask your roofer right here at Rosie on the House because our number one objective at Rosie on the House is educate you, protect you, inform you. You know, we are Arizona homeowners' happy place. Uh, We've been voted Arizona's number one homeowner resource and contractor referral directory for 14 years in a row. Don't even think about touching your house until you touch base with us at Rosie on the House. Here's how you do it this hour. You give us a ring at one 767 4348 Allow us the privilege to put our building and remodeling experience of Arizona homes to work for you. Wherever you are in Arizona, whatever you want to get done, chances are I've been there and I've tried it. Challenge me. Give me a ring. Let me see if I can help you out. one 767 4348 In 34 years, we've got over 8,000 hours of broadcast live radio show, over 12,000 questions answered on air, over 1,000 newspaper articles published throughout the state of Arizona, and check this out, over 1 million contractor referrals with a 98% approval will refer satisfied rate. You're only going to get that. Only going to get that at Rosie on the House. Give us a ring. And YouTube. I mean, we're, we're up to like 2 million hits on YouTube. 27,000 minutes a month, people watching our YouTube videos. We're here for you, Arizona homeowners. Give us a ring at one 767 4348 My wife of what, 44 years? Sweet Jennifer will take your call, your name, and your question, and we'll get to you on air. And your question and answer will benefit every other Arizona homeowner listening. So don't be bashful. Give us a ring. And when you were talking about the contractor referral network, where do contractors go when they look for a referral? They go to Rosie on the House. Jim from Canyon State Roofing emailed me this week and said, hey, we need a new window and door for our patio uh, and decking that goes out from our bedroom onto our, our patio. So who do I call? Well, we had Dunright Window and Door and Freelight, both of them great guys that have uh, represent a number of great uh, brands. You know, if you were doing a whole house, obviously we would have sent them to Pella, but just we're trying to replace one door and not match a whole house. Uh, Freelight's got a great showroom. Dunright is working on a brand-new showroom at Tatum and um, Thunderbird that should be open soon. We'll be... Uh, I'm sure broadcasting there when we have the grand opening. So, uh, you know, it's not just listeners that use the contractor referral network. It's contractors in the network that use the network because they know what they had to go through to get in the network and that everyone else in the network had to go through that same screening process. I was in a meeting this week with uh, a group of guys I've been meeting with and one of the, um, the other member, he's been in 17, so six years we've uh, been in this group together, and he was complaining about how much his office staff was complaining about our application process to get in the network. I'm like, well, 
You want in or you don't. You got to go through. You got to go through the process just like everyone else. Yeah, you want to use our name uh, and our integrity. It, it isn't going to come cheap, easy, and it's, it, we're going to keep you on a very short leash. Hey, one of the things we are out to do is protect the Arizona homeowners. And there are more and more clever criminals. Uh, and I just want to kind of maybe even start a regular feature of scam alerts. There are, there's a scam now where someone will imitate or make you believe they're with the local police department and there's a warrant out for your arrest and you must process this payment over the telephone now or they're going to come to your house and arrest you. Folks, that's a scam, <laughs> all right? That's a big scam. And then there are people showing up at people's houses saying they're a utility inspector or whatnot. There's a, they, and they actually come with a little badge. There's one circulating right now out in North Scottsdale. The guy says he works for the Office of Inspector General, U.S. Department of State. Now, what is that? But it's an official-looking badge. It's his picture. And he comes in to do inspections and steals from you while he's there. If, if you haven't asked someone onto your property, don't let him in your house. Don't even let them walk around the property. There are even some uh, service providers that are coming. I heard of a particular solar industry the other day, a particular solar company that was sending people out taking pictures of your service electric panel and then coming back the next day with solar quotes you didn't ask for, but they had to have someone come to your house, trespass, take a picture of the panel to get the information they were looking for. I hope that tells you what it tells me. Anybody that has to trespass on my property to give me a quote I haven't asked for isn't anybody I want to do business with. So triple alert on scam alerts. They're getting more and more clever, and you've got to be careful. If I was at my house yesterday waiting for someone to repair a piece of equipment. My garage, the, the piece of equipment was in the garage. My garage door was up. A strange truck pulled up. And a guy in an orange vest got out in my driveway and walked up to me. And he says, I'm here to expect, inspect your utility. And I had just finished putting together this scam alert for today's broadcast. And I said, who are you with? And uh, what are you inspecting? And Southwest Gas had replaced some underground gas pipe in our yard a year ago. He says, well, I'm here to inspect that pipe that was replaced a year ago. And he had a sniffer, and he had his badge. But And I was, I was borderline rude to him when he first walked out. <laughs> I had to apologize to him. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, go ahead and do what you got to do. It just uh, uh, You have to be pretty worked up to be rude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had just finished putting yeah. the scam alert segment together, and this guy pulls up in the driveway. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to be a victim of what I've just talked about. So anyway. Romy, where are we with Governor Ducey's $1 billion solving the water shortage crisis in Arizona? You're, you're kind of tracking that a little bit, aren't you? Well, I know they're working on the selection process for the board that will make the decision on where that gets spent. Once that's done, then people can start sub- submitting proposals to the board on what should where, on how that money should be spent for Arizona water resources. We had a survey up in the month of September 
Uh, actually, it was it was August. I'm sorry, during Water Month, and we ran it through September because Water Use It Wisely joined us in studio on uh, mid September. Just what three areas would you focus on if you were in control of that, you know, billion dollars? How would you allocate it and let people select open form? You know, it wasn't like a select A, B, or C. You know, they would write in their own their own ideas. Their own ideas. So you know, then you know, you see some repeating themes. A lot of uh, talk about you know establishing desalination plants. Yeah. Um, that's. That's a lot more difficult than I think people realize, especially for Arizona. And what what ultimately happened is if we did create a desalinization plant, it would be in the Sea of Cortez. And it would be for the people of Mexico to use that water. And then that would – whatever we produce desalinated for them would be gallons that they don't take out of the Colorado River. So basically we're taking their water – that's allocated to them out of the Colorado River because we're desalinating water for them locally. But the amount of water, I mean, how much it takes to desalinate any amount of water that has any kind of significance when you're talking acre feet of water or a million acre feet of water, it's just so expensive and unrealistic. Well, I know there are countries that do it around the world. Uh, so it's doable, and the ocean provides a nearly limitless supply of water. But it must be expensive for the desalination plant in California that's going through a drought to be sitting idle. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, I just my gut just tells me that it must it must be horribly expensive to fire that plant up and get the quantity of desalinated water that you would need. With California in a water bind as big as they are, and that plant is sitting idle. So I don't know. And they've done surveys on it on where that would be in the Sea of Cortez. And there's only really one site that would work because you have to get past the shelf to draw in enough seawater that doesn't suck in a lot of dirt off the ocean floor. You know, if you're trying to suck in a bunch of water, and, it's more than and a one-inch. And the low tide out, <laughs> and your you know your your pipe is sitting above the ocean floor. You're going to suck in a lot of a lot of debris. So it's more than a one-inch pipe. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's got to get out there, and it's a couple miles south of uh, Rocky Point, and a couple miles out into the ocean. You'd have to pipe to start sucking the water in for that. The idea has been thrown out there. Let's dig a ditch from the Mississippi River. The idea has been thrown out there. Let's throw a pipeline from the headwaters of the Snake River. If I had my choice. Of the Sea of Cortez water, or or water from the headwater of the Snake River. I would take headwater of the Snake headwaters of the Snake River for sure. But yesterday, and it was announced that reclaimed water now can be distributed directly without being intermingled with a larger pool of water. So it's going to be like you and I did at City of Scottsdale Water Reclamation Plant. They don't have to intermix the reclaimed water with other water anymore. They're going from sewer to potable. Whew. Well, <laughs> it, it all comes back to the number one thing you can do. We can all do individually and that's conservation. So do you know how many showers it takes to go through an acre feet of water? No clue. 16,000 showers is about 
at at 2.5 gallons per minute on a 20 minute shower will be an acre foot of water per year. So if you just cut maybe your uh, your shower head down by a half a gallon and cut two minutes off of your shower time each day, you know you you multiply that. Everyone showering, it'd be hundreds of acre feet of water a day we could all save. Like tackling your home improvement project with uh, like some little tunes rolling in the background? Carol Grace says yes. Carol Grace, welcome to the studio this morning. <laughs> Carol Grace, our baby, all married up, moved out to Washington, D.C., but she's back in town this weekend for a wedding, so we picked her up at the airport last night. Boy, the airport traffic last night was unbelievable. It was like holiday Christmas traffic. Well, we usually hibernate Friday nights, so I just think we're not used to it. It's probably pretty normal. Good night. It'll be nice when they finish that, that roundabout in the in the road construction, that's for sure. That was as long a traffic jam as I've been in in a long, long time, but I, have, I avoid places with traffic jams uh, like a plague, that's for sure. All right, we're here this hour talking about anything you'd like to talk about concerning your house, home, castle, or cabin. You can reach us by dialing one 767 Text questions can also be sent to 411-923, and you can email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com if you've got a question you'd like to address. We are here for you, and uh, if you've got... Uh, you know, this, this one I, I wasn't sure if I should even mention because, uh, you, know, you know, we've got mom and Memphis in the other room over there. But uh, Elvis and Priscilla's honeymoon house is listed, and it's in Palm Springs, California, so it's not like you'd have to go back to Memphis for it. It's on the market for $5.6 million. It has previously been used as a tourist attraction for people to come and visit, but this uh, – the two brother-in-laws that invested in it out of Seattle uh, have renovated it and turned it back into a home to be lived in and not be a tourist attraction. And a lot of the memorabilia has been sold off, but it is, uh, I would need a raise in my allowance, 4,700 square feet in 1960s home. And it's interesting. The architect is known for tract homes, but tract homes in the sixties must've been a lot different than tract homes today. Cause this doesn't look anything like what I would consider a tract home. And they were originally going to get married there, but it got leaked. And so they went and got married in Vegas and then took Frank Sinatra's Learjet back to the uh, nice to have friends. Ba- back to the property where apparently uh, Elvis sang the Hawaiian wedding song as they re-entered. But it is, it is uh, on the market now. If you've got uh, 5.6 burning a hole in your pocket you don't know what to do with, and you're uh, looking for real estate investment, there's one out of Palm Springs for you. Well, I'd have to go the other direction. If it's something in Tennessee, let me know. <laughs> I don't think Graceland's for sale. No. <laughs> too many people there anyway. <laughs> I think it'd probably be a little more than $5 million too. <laughs> We've got a couple follow-ups. Someone asked a question, uh, actually texted the question during last week's broadcast, and they were – having a project that we're going to get started actually up in northern Arizona, up in Apache County. 
And they were saying, Rosie, have you ever heard of adding antifreeze to your mortar when necessary, laying block or pouring concrete uh, in freezing temperatures? Well, in 48 years, I think I've worked in the snow once. (laughs) So, like I've said before, if I don't know the answer, I know someone that does. So I contacted a couple people. One, Romano, uh, a new, a relatively new employee to Rosie Wright Remodeling, has moved here from Columbus. And I said, Romano, do you crazy dudes up in the cold weather, do you do y'all ever add antifreeze to concrete or mortar? He says, oh, all the time. <laughs> he says, you got to. Because if you don't save the moisture in the cement to allow the cement to hydrate and cure out, it's not going to have any strength to it at all. So for my friend beginning a building project in Apache County, he's actually at about 7,800 feet, so he'll see some freezing this year. Starting that building project, yes. Now, I can't tell you what the proper proportions of antifreeze are and how much you put into a your hopper or your mixer, but uh, that is a common practice in the and, cold, cold weather. And now you would only do that while you're pouring, right? It's not like you in the summer months that that would be needed. This is just to help the concrete hydrate slowly. You know, concrete doesn't dry, it hydrates. And like Tyler had mentioned last hour when he was talking about concrete tile roofing, all concrete's this way. It, it takes hundreds of years for the moisture to completely hydrate out of concrete. It's, and, and that's part of what makes it strong. It's a very slow process. It's good to know when you've got Hoover Dam, the age that it is, to know that the concrete still hasn't reached its maximum strength yet. It's still getting stronger and stronger every day. And I was thinking about that as it related to dams as well, because it has the constant moisture applied to it. Is that going to make the hydration period even longer? So it's going to make it even stronger than, you know, concrete that that doesn't have water constantly pooled against it. I don't know, but yeah, gotta got a few more years out of that one yet. Still, it's one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. When we come back, we've got our weekly to do. All roads lead to Sanderson Ford, where they're not afraid to say no, no hassle, no pressure, no nonsense, no added markups. And boy, they use the word yes a lot too. They say yes to 500 vehicles in stock, with more arriving every single day. Yes to helping you order your new Ford your way with no deposit. I custom ordered a Ranger XLT for one of our crew members. I get it delivered next week just the way I want it. It was awesome. You looking for a vehicle? Look at Ford. You're looking at Ford? Get over and get to Sanderson Ford Monday through Saturday. America's most award-winning Ford dealership and an active member of this community. Sanderson Ford.
weekly to-do talks about fountains and ponds, and we will get to that. But let's get a couple calls cleared. We've got them loaded up here. Let's start with Rick and Mesa on line one and see how we can help him with his insulation question. Welcome to the program, Rick. Yes, sir. Uh, I got a question on, uh, I have a manufacturer home, and I was on the crawl space uh, this morning, and I noticed that all my installation has fallen down um, on the front end. Um, do I uh, have somebody come and uh, put new installation? Do I foam it in? Or what do I need to do, and what caused that installation to come all the way to come to off? Well, how old is, is the home? 30 years old. Yeah, it's just time. You know, there's, I'm guessing it's fiberglass insulation that you're seeing. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, critters get under there. Uh, we, we find a lot of cats making homes in there or mm-hmm. raccoons or, you know, it, mm-hmm. just dogs, things scratch, uh, rats, mice. I mean, it's just the, the, the time under there is, is what your enemy is. So okay. you there are companies that you can. Uh, call an insulation company will call back. I don't know that I would spend the money to foam it necessarily. Uh, okay. Foam is a great outsulation on top of the roof, on top of the home, mm-hmm. beating down mm-hmm. on the sun. When you're just insulating from the air coming up from the ground, you, you mm-hmm. know you don't have near the extreme temperature contrast as you do from the sun beating on top from during the day to you know the nighttime temperature. So mm-hmm. that the expense for the foam, I don't think would be necessarily justified it might be um you know a little less attractive for critters to to scratch on you know you might eliminate that but i'm just not sure the expense would be worth it but you could get an estimate for both and then make a make a call from there what happens if i just leave it alone and don't put an insulation down there (laughs) nothing really you know and though um you know your heat gain from your floor Mm mm-hmm isn't huge and we're okay. not in a frost situation you're in mesa i mean you know well okay. i it, it would if if you've got ice issues underneath your floor in mesa we've got a lot bigger issues to worry about <laughs> okay okay well can you tell rosie and, and can rosie that you and homie and jen for you're the man rosie's a woman <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you very much i, I get all Miss Rosie Romero's mail. I get all of it. And there's a couple things. There's a couple things I know for sure. She doesn't work because there's never been a check delivered to Miss Rosie Romero. Uh, I get all her bills. And I answer to Rosie and Jennifer. So okay. And the only thing, Rick, that 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 insulation. If you ever go to sell the home, you know the home inspector is going to beat you up on that, and so sure. will the real estate yeah. agent. So, you know, it's. Nothing's going to happen today if you don't replace it, but definitely at the you know keep that in mind as a point of sale. And it's not an expensive mm. operation. You you can get banker insulation out there and have them quote it. Uh, I think you'll be surprised how affordable insulation is. It's the reason a lot of people over insulate their attic because they think it's cheap and it's going to give them a payback. But over insulation doesn't pay you back anything. We appreciate the call. If you've got a question, you can jump on the line as we clear a call. That opens the line, one 767 4348 Mandy and Fountain Hills is next. Good morning, and welcome to the program. Good morning. Um, I have become super fascinated with the idea of Earthship homes 
and in particular hyper adobe homes. I'm um, in a space where I live on an acre of an acre of land, and um, I already have a manufactured home on it. It's just not big enough. It's a three bedroom, and there's seven people in the family. So, is it possible, or can I, um, being a resourceful DIYer? do hyper adobe or use some earthship principles building with dirt and maybe bottles and stuff to to just seal in my back porch to give me more space in my home and is that okay problematic okay let me let me give the rest of the listeners uh, a short background on what an earthship is we've got our baby daughter carol grace in studio she attended university at at Colorado Christian University in Lakewood, outside of Denver. And every year, we had the privilege of driving her up to campus, and I would always take the long way and the slow way, and we'd make it a one-week trip. Carol, how many times did we stay in an earthship around Santa Fe and Taos? You really fell in love with that one in uh-huh. New Mexico. The view was amazing. Yes. Most of the home was underground. It was really cool, which you love when it's freezing. Google Earthship, Arizona homeowners, and you will find it's an architectural style that was started by an architect in New Mexico, and he used old tires to build the outside walls of his house, then rammed earth, dirt around them, and it is a completely self-sustainable house that has gardening inside for your herbs and your vegetables and your gardening. Uh, it's, it's, it really is when, when we go to Taos, it's my personal, and that's one of my favorite places in the world to go. One of my favorite places to stay is in one of the earth ships. Um, so Mandy, you've hit a nerve here. I've got several books on earth ship architecture. You're going to have to check if you're in Fountain Hills proper, with the building department. And by the see. way, it's Desert Hills. I put the wrong. It's Desert Hills. Oh, Sorry, yeah. okay. that was my fault. <laughs> so are you? Say, are there's you, no mobile homes in Fountain Hills. <laughs> she must be on Rio Verde or something. Okay. Um, so Mandy, uh, Phoenix you? or City of Phoenix or County? City. Okay. We'll have to check with City what? of Phoenix as to what. What city in Desert Hills? I know. I know there's a uh, Phoenix. I know there's um, uh, an Earthship at about. Out by you, Romy. I've, I've seen it. It's uh, it. The builder went broke and was trying to find somebody to come help him finish it. Um, Over in Wickenburg. It's it's actually southwest of Wickenburg, kind of closer out to Whitman area. Yeah, we almost we actually looked at that home to purchase it. Okay, all right. So you're familiar. You're familiar enough with the lifestyle it involves and stuff. Mandy, I yeah, tell you what. I just you, I can't build it from scratch because there's already a property. There's already a, a. I can't justify scrapping my home and starting again. Yeah. So I just want to use some of those principles, but I don't know how to mesh the two. Um, and there's no contractor out here that's building Earthship homes. Yeah, we're, we're you're going to have to do some research to get the architect involved first. You're going to have to find somebody that's committed to helping you pull this out. And coordinating with the city of Phoenix, because I'm guessing what they're probably going to have you do is uh, they won't allow, uh, I don't think they're going to allow rammed earth uh, structural. So you're going to have to do like a post and beam with masonry columns, ram earth in between the columns. I'm thinking with collar ties above, there's ways to do it uh, to get you to the point 
where you're living the way you want. But I, I will tell you, chances are, depending on how much of it you do yourself and how much you hire out, it's going to be every bit as expensive, if not more, than a conventional built home. But boy, it's a lot of fun. I love them. I absolutely love them. Let's see if we can go to Miss Suzanne, also on hold. And uh, we still have the uh, do-it-yourself tip to get to. And we have you to talk to if you'd like to give us a ring at one 767 4348 Miss Suzanne. Hi. Hello. Hey, um, I have a question about grouting four corners of my shower that's been in for about four to five years. Okay. And they're all getting brown and ugly looking and we're debating on whether to pull all the grout out and regrout it with sanded grout or take it and use sanded caulking or regular caulking of the same color do y'all want to do it yourself or are you trying to decide how to tell a tile person to do it uh probably do it yourself i mean it's only four corners it shouldn't be that hard well inside the inside corner is a great place to use the textured sanded caulk for a homeowner you'll go in with a grout saw either uh, on the end of a little dremel tool and you'll take out the grout Uh, you can also have a hand grout saw which is a just a handle with a particular blade on it and you take the grout out, get it all removed, blow it out with some compressed air, get it nice and clean. Go ahead and hit it with some Clorox and get all the, any mold that might be out there. And then you can very simply uh, use the sanded grout, uh, sanded caulk in a color to match the grout as close as possible. And that's an excellent place to do it. It's not going to be a perfect match, but in those inside corners, that's a great place to do it. And I would tell you to go to a tile uh, wholesaler and buy the caulk there because it is a, it is a, a higher level of caulk than you're generally going to find at most hardware stores. It's what the tile contractors are going to be using. So pick up a couple tubes of it at a tile distributor wholesaler. And I think you'll be a lot happier. Like floor and decor or somewhere? Floor and decor, Arizona tile. Where are you? Okay. I'm in Desert Ridge. Uh, yeah, Arizona tile up at Scottsdale Airport probably. Okay. Sure. Okay. Right. Bedrosian's yep. tile is one of our favorite tile shops right there in the air park as well. Oh, okay. Great. All right, Miss Well, thank we appreciate you. I love listening to your show. Well, thank you, dear. We appreciate the phone call and the question. Hope we're helping do what we're setting out to do. Become every Arizona homeowner's best friend by informing, educating, and protecting you with hopefully a little entertainment thrown in there for the side. So the do it yourself is ponds, ponds. versus pools. <laughs> well, fountains. Fountains. And a fountain is pretty similar to a pool in the sense that you do a chlorine treatment and if you pay attention and look around to where you see a lot of uh, fountains in Arizona you will notice that they don't last very long um, very soon the it's off and there's a they turn it into a planter or then they've completely ripped it out fountains are a huge maintenance uh, because we have a lot of hard water 
And so the calcium builds up along the, uh, you know, all the jets and on the fountain itself and the structure, and it's, it's in, impossible. But then it would be extremely expensive to run a fountain with softened water. So it's it's an ongoing maintenance, and I, I think it's more maintenance than a pool because you have a lot more evaporation off the surface than you do when the pool is completely full. Uh, so the surface is, is just it's a maintenance nightmare. And if you look uh, just over here uh, behind the studio, you know, last year there was a fountain over there. Now it's uh, a, a rock garden. It's But uh, what's becoming popular are uh, living ponds. So you would put a pond in and add a combination of plants and a little bit of filtration, but not as much, so that the water and the microclimate would kind of manage and filter itself. And it's becoming extremely popular. We've got an article that we've posted about it. We'll talk more uh, after the break. Sweet Jennifer, you were pretty busy in there on the phone this day. Yeah, lots of great calls, lots of different kinds of questions and people needing help. And I think we helped just about everybody that called. I was doing some mathematical metric checking on the statistics that we give out regularly that we've answered over 12,000 questions live on air in the 34-year broadcast history of our program. Now, now we're over that. <laughs> As of today. As of today, we are now over that. Romy, what were your takeaways from the 8 o'clock hour? Well, you have the use of coca coir and planting material, especially when you're talking container garden, and what it means to harden off. So those were new terms to me that uh, are worth going back and listening to if you're looking at doing any kind of container garden for your 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 patio, your balcony, uh, your windowsill. Great way, you know, Jay always says that you know, uh, herbs, mints, rosemary—you know the most the most expensive things in the produce section are the easiest and cheapest to grow. Well, we talked last week too, just to add on to that about all the flowers that are ready to grow and to plant in your pot. So that'd be a great tandem, you know, yeah. figure out what plant flowers to plant. It's just a beautiful time to be. It's grow everything right now. And. Greg and Kari had a great uh, presentation this 8 o'clock hour on how to prepare your soil and what type of containers to use. You know, there's definitely things out there that you don't want to grow food in that Mm. you see popular on Pinterest. You know, pallet, uh, wood pallets, they might have insecticides or fire retardant sprayed into it that could leach into your food. You know, you don't want to use tires. So just making sure you're using good, uh, a good container that's first, not going to I mean, we poison your food. We didn't know any better in the 70s and 80s. We used railroad ties for everything. That's what I was going to say. That was the first time I had ever heard of that. Like, we used oh. railroad ties for everything. Yeah. <laughs> the creosote's not good. So, yeah. yeah, great, great tips. Okay, so that was the 8 o'clock hour takeaways for uh, Ray's Planter and Gardens. And I'll, I'll, I'm convinced I will never do an in-ground garden ever again as long as I live. It's always going to be raised. Uh, Carol Grace, you joined us, flew in from D.C. for a little wedding this weekend, uh, Mr. Tyler's wedding. Uh, what, did, what did you learn sitting in on the program this morning? What's your takeaways? Don't defer on maintenance. The dream and the goal is to become a homeowner myself in the next, you know, one to two years and just listen to The White to House. Well, why don't you aim I can't for- move in until 
a few more years. Why um, don't you aim for the White House? I can't move in until I hit the age limit, but I'll okay. let you know when that happens. Um, I imagine that all the Secret Service agents up there keep a good eye on the roof. But, um, <laughs> yes, don't defer on maintenance. I was taking note of that for when I do own my own home and have a roof to take care of. Make sure you're up there at least once a year. Well, Tyler Johnson t- should have taken all of y'all's, uh, you Arizona homeowners, knowledge of roofing up considerable levels if you were listening during the 9 o'clock hour. And he taught you two secret questions to ask any roofing contractor who is submitting a quote to your home. And there are two questions that are worth, over the life of your roof, thousands and thousands of dollars. So, Romy, how would somebody that wants to re-listen to that segment find it? Rosieonthehouse.com slash podcast. It was the 9 o'clock hour, so it's our on-the-house hour, and the audio, it's usually up within an hour after the broadcast. But, you know, we there's a couple different ways we organize it. We do it one by segment. Each hour has four segments, and we put the keywords and talking points that were covered in each segment. So somebody, if they were looking for something specific, could just jump to that segment. You've, or, made, it, you've made it so much easier to find. That was a great development. Or you can hit the podcast media player um, and either stream it off your phone or download the app, and it'll have the entire hour, which by the time you take traffic, weather, news, and commercials out. It's about forty-two minutes. You can have you can stream the entire hour on the on the Podbean app, and we've expanded. You know, Podbean is the primary podcast platform that we use, but they put it on Spotify, they put it on Apple iTunes, they put it on um, Alexa TuneIn, they put it on iHeart. You know, anywhere you podcast, you can go find the Rosie on the House program. I feel by like, individual I feel like I'm exposed. Each. <laughs> Each hour has its own standalone theme, so you can jump to each hour individually. You don't have to try and go navigate inside of a three-hour window. You know what I like too. If you're if you're not if you're new to podcast, there's a setting where when things are freshly uploaded, it comes as a notification to your phone. So things that I love uh, listening to every day, they show up. I don't even have to go look for them. So that's and it's a nice reminder. Oh yeah, I wanted to hear that. Or you can just swipe it away. But it's really nice to know that it's ready. And I like what we're beginning to do more and more with YouTube because I think that really helps a lot of Arizona homeowners. We're posting more and more YouTube videos all the time. And I'm just tickled to death that y'all are spending over 25,000 minutes a month watching our station. If you've got questions about home security, we've just finished cutting three different videos on how to tarp a roof. If you're getting anything out of those YouTube segments, Go ahead and subscribe. Then every time we cut a new one, you're a subscriber to the channel and you'll be notified. Hey, here's a new YouTube that Rosie's just produced showing you how to get something done, not just describing it to you. Hey, y'all have a great week. It's Rosie on the House. Don't get scared. You can find us at rosieonthehouse.com and we will be back next Saturday morning.